You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Hello, Bleeding Green Nation, and welcome back to another edition of Eye on the Enemy, powered by SB Nation and Bleeding Green Nation. I'm your host, John Stolness. You can follow me on Twitter at John Stolness. Folks, it is finally here. The 2021 NFL season is underway, and your Philadelphia Eagles kick things off against the Atlanta Falcons this Sunday afternoon, and we're going to be previewing this game. Uh, We're going to take a look at the enemy with David Walker. From the Falcons SB Nation site, Falcoholics. He's also host of the Falcoholics podcast. We're going to talk to him in just a few minutes about some X's and O's and uh, breaking down some key matchups ahead of what should be a pretty interesting game between two mirror image teams uh, that I think it's going to be a fascinating watch here on Sunday afternoon. And we'll get the inside scoop uh, from David Walker coming up here in just a few minutes. Plus, I will give you my predictions for the upcoming NFL season. I'll give you uh, who I think is going to make uh, the playoffs in the NFC, AFC. I'll give you the give you the Super Bowl pick and also just uh, some quick thoughts on the Eagles. Maybe some some additional Eagles predictions uh, here for the season. How I see this whole thing shaking out for your birds as they get ready to play here in the year of our Lord 2021. Well, we are ready for some Eagles football this Sunday afternoon. And the uh, it seems like we do this every couple of years. Week one against the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, for whatever reason, the NFL schedule makers like to put the Falcons on, on the Eagles schedule in week one. Uh, the last time it happened was uh, the year after the Super Bowl in, in 2018, if I'm not mistaken. But it's happened quite a bit over the last few years. Joining me to help break down this game and give us an eye on the enemy is David Walker, editor of the F- of the Falcons SB Nation site, The Falcoholics, and he's also host of the Falcoholics podcast. David, welcome to Eye on the Enemy, man. How are you? I'm good, John. It's good to be with you. It's good to be with you too. And I know Eagles fans are coming coming into this season feeling a little bit more optimistic. There's a lot of, I feel like there's a lot of similarities between where the Eagles are and where the Falcons are in their rebuild because both teams reached uh, reached the Super Bowl one year after the other. Both played the Patriots, and I know the Falcons uh, were on the losing end, the Eagles on the winning end. But I mean, they, they both mm-hmm. have kind of followed a similar path in in reaching that pinnacle, making the playoffs the year after they got to the Super Bowl, and then things kind of started to fall apart. They've lost major pieces here over the last few off seasons and both teams come into the season with new head coaches. But I think from an Eagles fans perspective, there's a little bit of optimism. I don't think anybody's expecting the Eagles to make the playoffs, but I wonder from an Atlanta uh, pers- perspective with, with a new coach for you guys, how you, how Fal- Falcons fans are feeling about the 2021 season uh, with a whole bunch of changes in the rearview mirror this off season. Yeah, it's really similar. I think there's a lot of optimism, but really more for the long term. you know, with the Falcons, I think, uh, the, the coaches that they brought in, Arthur Smith, who has uh, two really impressive seasons uh, with the Tennessee Titans before he came to Atlanta, bringing in a really experienced and respected uh, veteran defensive coordinator and Dean Pease to, to head up the defense and the rebuild there. Uh, there's a lot of hope for the future for the Falcons. I don't know that any Falcons fans are expecting this team 
to be like a playoff contender this year. I think most are thinking the peak is going to be around 500, maybe a little past 500, uh, even though I, I know 500 is not possible with 17 games. Uh, but <laughs> right. in that in that range, eight or nine wins feels like, you know, uh, right around where the Falcons could be at, but still an improvement from last year. And the trajectory does feel like it's going up now. Yeah, and I think most most Eagles fans are are kind of feeling the, the same kind of thing. I, I'm a little bit on the lower side of that as far as Birds fans are concerned. I I feel like this is more of a six or a seven win team. You know, I do I do think that Arthur Smith was one of the guys was probably the guy that I really wanted the Eagles to land this offseason as far as head coaches were concerned. And and we'll see what happens with Nick Sirianni. I mean, Eagles fans didn't want Doug Peterson uh, when when he was hired as the head coach, and that that worked out pretty well. Um, it, mm. But I imagine. I imagine Falcons fans are feeling pretty good now because you did have a defensive head coach for so many years, and now you've got an offensive mind to work with Matt Ryan. Uh, I know, obviously, when you know when when Ryan was was getting to the Super Bowl, they had they had a lot of good offensive minds there too. But to have an offensive minded mm-hmm. head coach, and there are still some good offensive pieces there to work with Matt Ryan, right? I mean, there's the the Falcons are not devoid of of offensive talent with Julio Jones now playing in Tennessee. Yeah, I think the Leo Jones uh, story obviously got a lot of attention, and for good reason. Uh, the guy's going to be a Hall of Fame receiver uh, when he's done uh, in the league. But you know what he's leaving behind is uh, another true wide receiver one in Calvin Ridley, mm-hmm. uh, who I think is ready to take that step forward this year. Uh, probably an under-the-radar receiver in Russell Gage, who has really come along in the past three years as a, a guy drafted in the sixth round. Uh, and then past that, you know, you've got the the tight end position, which I know Philadelphia fans mm. know how important that position is. Yeah. Uh, and, and we've got guys in, you know, Kyle Pitts, obviously the, the rookie uh, draft pick from this year who has uh, unlimited potential. But Hayden Hurst could be the wild card here where uh, he he's going to see a lot of really good looks with all these other guys drawing attention. So, yeah, there, there's a lot of good weapons here for Matt Ryan to take advantage of, especially with an offensive play caller that actually knows what he's doing this year. And I think you're hitting on a big matchup that really swings in Atlanta's favor here on Sunday afternoon, and that is the the tight ends against uh, the the Eagles uh, secondary because I, I think the Eagles have a pretty strong um, duo at cornerback. Uh, you know, a trio. Actually, they're they're top three cornerbacks uh, now that have, with Avante Maddox in, in the slot. I mean, they they I think cornerback wise, the Eagles match up against uh, Atlanta's wide receivers pretty well. Darius Slay on Ridley will be a, a fun matchup to watch, but I think. Mm-hmm. I think where we're going to see Atlanta really do a lot of damage is with Kyle Pitts and, and, um, and with their, with their tight end sets against uh, a, a set of safeties that, that, you know, without Rodney McLeod or in, in, in the starting lineup, it doesn't look like he's going to play there. There's not a lot of experience for the Eagles at safety. And so do you see that as a big matchup that Atlanta looks to explo- exploit here on Sunday afternoon? Oh, absolutely. If you look at what Arthur Smith did in Tennessee in 2020, uh, he, of all the offense coordinators last year, ran that 12 formation the most. You know, he, he yeah. liked having two tight ends on the field. And I don't think that's going to change here in Atlanta with Hayden Hurst and, and Kyle Pitts uh, being two very, very good receiving options. Obviously, Pitts is unproven. Uh, so I do want to put that out there before people try to put him in the Hall of Fame right. a bit prematurely. Uh, but the, the guy obviously has incredible potential. I think that Arthur Smith is going to look to exploit that. And honestly, this first game is the opportunity. I think that a coordinator like Arthur Smith is really sort of chomping at the bit to put that player out there and show what he can do with him. 
what worries you about the about the Eagles from a defensive perspective? You know, as you're looking at this Falcons <laughs> offense, as 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 you're you know seeing some of the weapons that they have, and you're looking at an Eagles defense that was not particularly good this year. What do you see? What do you see from the Eagles defense that would cause Atlanta some problems? Uh, well, I'll, I'll just say it uh, clear and blunt. Uh, Fletcher Cox. Um, <laughs> that uh, I will say of all the defensive tackles in the league, I feel like this man is criminally underrated year after year. He is one of the best defensive tackles in the league, an absolute game wrecker in the middle. Uh, and the Falcons have some questions on the interior of their offensive line. Uh, they've got a new starting center. Um, Alex Mack has moved on. Uh, Matt Hennessy, the second on draft pick from last year, will be starting this year. Uh, we've never really seen him play at a high level. And then Jalen Mayfield, uh, mm-hmm. our third round pick is out there at left guard. Uh, and honestly, the Eagles, I think have incredible depth on the defensive line. It's the area where I think that if they're going to disrupt this Falcons offense, it's going to be in the trenches. And honestly, Eagles fans, uh, you have a lot to be proud of where that <laughs> defensive line is concerned. Yeah, and, and let's talk about the guy that uh, the Eagles uh, edge rushers and guys like Fletcher Cox and Javon Hargrave are going to be are going to be trying to sniff down in the backfield, and that's Matt Ryan. Where is he now in his career? He has been around for a, a long time. The numbers still mm-hmm. look good from him. Is, is he still? You know, where does he rank for you among among NFL quarterbacks right now? Is he still a top ten guy for you? Is he a top twelve guy? Where Where do you have Matt Ryan right now in the NFL? You know, I, I think with Ryan, we know who he is uh, from a uh, physical standpoint. He is not a running quarterback. He is not a guy that's going to create all the pocket. We, we know that. Um, but we've seen when you put Matt Ryan in the right kind of offense, like we saw between 2016 and 2018, he can absolutely tear it up, especially in the intermediate uh, part of the field where his accuracy is just uh, absolutely phenomenal. And that's what excites me about Arthur Smith is he is bringing back that type of offense to Atlanta, the one that Kyle Shanahan uh, ran here in 2015 and 2016. Uh, I think Ryan could excel in that. Uh, as far as the physical, physical skills, I don't think there's been a, a big decline. I think Ryan is still capable of performing at a high level. Obviously, really, we're in the era of a lot of really great quarterbacks, but I do think Ryan is right there in the top 10 uh, if he's put in the right system, if you put the right pieces around him, and I think they do have that, and they they have the right guy at head coach to make that happen. Uh, you mentioned Calvin Ridley as a, as a number one, and I think if you ask most Eagles fans, I don't I don't know that they would have they would have said that off off the top. But I mean, what makes Ridley so good? I mean, what how has he developed over these last few years, especially with Julio Jones there, so that now he can supplant Julio Jones at number one? And then wh- how does the rest of the receiver core shake out right now? Yeah. I, Really, where Ridley stands out as wide receiver one is uh, his ability uh, to run routes. He mm-hmm. is just a phenomenal route runner, which was, you know, one of the things coming out of college that he was really touted for. He's not a, a big physical receiver in the way that uh, Julio Jones was, but uh, he is just such a precise uh, route runner and, and able to, to create separation. And he's been doing that really since day one here in Atlanta. Uh, and I think that's what it makes him a true, uh, you know, top guy. As far as the rest of the wide receivers, Russell Gage, a six-round pick from, you know, that same 2018 class, has really emerged. You know, he had over 700 yards receiving last year uh, with Julio Jones still on the team. Uh, I think he's poised for another big year in in what is essentially a free agent audition for other teams, potentially. Uh, He is is a little bit of a different receiver, more of a slot guy, but incredibly dynamic. Uh, But past him, uh, honestly, the Falcons have some depth issues at wide receiver. They need Ridley and Gage to stay healthy. 
That said, Arthur Smith is probably going to be running an offense with a lot of two tight ends, one running back in the backfield. Uh, So really you're going to be seeing mainly two wide receivers on the field for the majority of the time. Uh, But the wide receiver depth is questionable once you get past those two top guys. So let's flip the script here a little bit and and let's talk about uh, the Falcons defense against the Eagles offense. And, you know, it's the Eagles offense, David, is kind of a question mark because it all comes down to the play of the quarterback. We we don't really know what we're going to get out of Jalen Hurts this year. He, he showed some things last year, and obviously he also showed in a couple of games that there's a there's a lot of work to do. As, a, as the Falcons' defense is concerned, as far as they're concerned, how do you game plan for Jalen Hurts? What are you expecting to see from him on Sunday? Well, obviously, the athleticism stands out, and that's something that in the past has really haunted Falcons' defenses. And that's the one thing I think Dean Pease is going to be really mindful of, is how do you contain this quarterback? How do you get him off the mark? Uh, but also, how can you get to him, take him down, uh, you know, especially on third downs? Uh, Pease is a, is a defensive coordinator, loves to, to blitz. He loves to put pressure on the quarterback. Um, but the flip side of that is if you put that pressure and you can't bring that quarterback down, and if you're facing an athletic quarterback that can make, a, make plays with his legs, uh, you can pay a very big penalty for that. So I, I think there's going to be a very delicate balancing act. And, you know, the flip side of this is Dean Pease, this is his first game with this Atlanta personnel. And these are guys that have not played together in the preseason, uh, for the most part, guys like Deion Jones, uh, both starting safeties, Grady Jarrett, haven't even seen the field in the preseason. Uh, so there could be some foibles here uh, with the defense as they try to contain someone like Hurts. Yeah, and, and I know he's, it reminds me a lot of Jim Johnson, the old Eagles defensive mm-hmm. coordinator. Like he, he just loved to blitz from, from all over the place. And I, I, I just, where is the strength of this Falcons defense? Like if, if you're the Eagles, what, do you, what are you staying away from on, on Sunday afternoon as, as you face a, a Falcons defense under a new defensive coordinator that does like to bring the blitz quite a bit? Yeah, it, this is a defense that's a work in progress. <laughs> the, the best position group right now, I would say, would be our in, inside linebackers. Deion Jones is one of the best coverage linebackers in the league. Uh, Foye Luokun took a major step forward last year. And even the, the backup, Michael Walker, uh, our draft pick from last year, has shown to be a very good all-around linebacker. Um, so that's the, the strongest position group. Honestly, I think where you're probably going to find the, the most weaknesses right now is in the cornerbacks. Uh, A.J. Terrell, I think, is going to take a step forward in year two, uh, could be, become a very good corner. But past him, there's, there's a lot of question marks. And I know the Eagles have a lot of young but very fast wide receivers, and I think there's a favorable matchup from them. Yeah. And, and one of the guys that we're going to be keeping a real close eye on is Devonte Smith. And I, I think, mm-hmm. I think in this game, we're going to be seeing the two favorites for offensive rookie of the year in Devonte Smith and, and Kyle Pitts, because, you know, they, they just come out of college, both looking like such polished professionals already. And mm-hmm. we haven't seen much of Devonte Smith here in the preseason because he hasn't really played all that much. He missed the beginning of training camp with a very, with a minor knee injury and, uh, has has been perfectly fine since then. And the little bit of action we did see him in uh, seemed like he was able to get really good separation, great route runner. And I know he has kind of, I think, talked about Calvin, you know, comparing himself um, and, and what he wants to do to the type of player Calvin Ridley is. Like he wants to be a, like somebody who's known as a, a great route runner. Mm-hmm. So if you're looking, if you're looking at the, at, at this Eagles wide receiver core, obviously a lot of question marks, but 
you know, do you think, I mean, is this a situation where you're expecting the Eagles to, to, to line up a lot of three wide receiver in this game? And, and if so, how much damage can the Eagles receivers do against this Falcon secondary, which as you admitted just a minute ago, probably is, is one of the weaker parts of this, uh, of this Falcons defense. Yeah. I mean, I think AJ trail is uh, probably going to match up on Smith uh, for a good part of the, the day. Um, and he is, again, he's, he's going into a second year, but he had a strong rookie season. Uh, everyone is expecting him to to take a big step forward this year. Um, but really, I think it's the entire wide receiver core for the Eagles that's going to present some problems as you begin to match up with guys like Fabian Moreau, mm-hmm. Isaiah Oliver, particularly in the slot, uh, who has been a problem at times for this Falcons defense over the past mm-hmm. three years. Um, those are guys I think could really see favorable matchups. But, uh, you know, it, you go to the tight ends and guys like Zach Ertz and, and Dallas Goddard, I think they're also going to see you know, favorable matchups from, you know, veterans like Deron Harmon, Eric Harris, who are decent starters, but not guys that are necessarily known for being like in the top tier. They're sort of, you know, stopgap solutions at at safety. So uh, honestly, I I think outside of maybe your top weapons, there's plenty of opportunities uh, in the passing game. And that's why I think, you know, Dean Pease is probably going to try to focus on getting the quarterback off the mark because if he can't get Hertz off the mark and he gives him time, it, it could be a very long afternoon for the Falcons defense. So, so let's just kind of now take a, a broader look at the season here from, from a Falcons perspective. They, they play in a division here in, in the NFC South where obviously you, the Tampa Bay Bucks and, and Dallas Cowboys played a pretty entertaining game on Thursday night. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the Buccaneers start off the season one to know they're obviously the favorites uh, to win the, the NFC South, but uh, the rest of the division uh, looks like they've, they've got a number of teams teams that are rebuilding. You've got the saints that are in uh, a little bit of trouble with Jameis Winston. They're trying to figure out which direction they're going to go after Drew Brees, uh, after Drew Brees's retirement. And, you know, in Carolina, Matt rule is it, I think is a promising young head coach, but they are also a team that's kind of trying to figure out get their footing and get some, get a sense of direction under them as well. So is there a chance, what are the odds that you think uh, the, the Atlanta Falcons can steal a playoff spot here in a 17, in a 17 game season, is there a shot that this team that finished in last place last year can can surprise some people and make a playoff uh, playoff appearance? I think it's possible, but a lot of things have to go their way. Um, the Falcons right now have a good set of starters for the most part, but if they suffer any injuries, it could truly just derail the season. And I think that's, you know, and, and as you mentioned, in the 17-game season, the likelihood of you having all of your starters healthy for all of those games is probably diminished even more so when you spread that out with another game on the schedule. Mm-hmm. And on top of that, the Falcons have an early bye week, which is going to make that even more difficult. Um, honestly, you know, the, if you look at the talent on the offensive side of the ball, I think you can make the case that the Falcons could feel the top 10 offense this year. They could, uh, you know, potentially score in, in the mid high twenties again, uh, which they haven't done in several years. Uh, but it's, it's really the defense. It's what can Dean Pease do with sort of this patchwork uh, defensive unit with, you know, a, a very good player, Grady Jarrett up front, you know, some promising players, uh, but still not all the pieces that you need to really feel the consistent defense. Um, they do have a, a favorable schedule in front of them, but this feels to me like a team that's going to hover around 500, uh, which will be of course a, a nice improvement from where they were last year. Uh, especially when you consider how many close games they lost, some ridiculous, 
ridiculous games, including against Dallas with the uh, uh, absolutely absurd uh, onside kick situation from last <laughs> year. Uh, the Falcons have found uh, unique ways to lose games. Uh, we're hoping with this new coaching staff that they will reduce that. But even if they reduce that and they play up to their skill level, I, I think they're probably still an outside shot for the playoffs. Uh, but I, I won't rule it out completely. Is this a rebuilding team? I mean, it, it seemed like they were trying to do a few different things here this offseason. You know, they mm -hmm. they moved on from Julio Jones. They obviously were dealing with some uh, some cap issues and, and you know, the, but they but they retained Matt Ryan. And, you know, is it is it better in the Falcons, um, you know, for their for their long term potential to or their long term rebuilding plan to to, to, to bottom out and, and get another high draft pick like they did last year? Or, you know, can, can they thread the needle here? Can they compete while also trying to rebuild? I, I think that's what they intend to do. And I think they yeah. can do that. Uh, you know, Matt Ryan is 36. Uh, if you go by Brady's uh, performance, uh, he could arguably play another eight years. I don't think that's the case. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, you know, it, it's I don't have to tell Eagles fans, you know, quarterback play is uh, it can be hit or miss in, in this league. Um, so when you've got a guy that, you know, is a former MVP that has, uh, you know, for the majority of his career performed very well, uh, look at the Saints. They, they held on to Drew Brees really until he hit that 40 wall. Yeah. Uh, and, and I think the Falcons may lean towards doing that uh, in part because there are salary cap issues that, that make that sort of an, an imperative. Uh, but also because, you know, year after year, you see guys come out in the first round that just never pan out at the quarterback position. Yeah. Now, as for whether or not they're rebuilding, I think they've got enough starters to be competitive. The problem right now is depth. And, you know, that's true of a lot of the teams in the NFL. Let's be honest. Yeah, like, right. Right. Uh, so, it, but I, I think that what Terry Fontenot wants to do over the long term is fix the cap situation, build out some more depth, build out the trenches, which is, you know, really still where the Falcons are the weakest. Um, and over time, uh, it's going to be a sort of a mixed bag where you're going to have them competing in the near term, but sort of retooling the entire roster over the long term. All right. Well, listen, give me a, uh, you already mentioned that you think this is going to probably be a team that finishes uh, around the 500 mark, kind of hovering mm -hmm. around that, uh, around that eight win, nine win mark, uh, you know, give or take a win or two here and there. As far as this Sunday afternoon goes, uh, Eagles versus Falcons, it's been a pretty interesting rivalry these last few years. How do mm -hmm. you see this one shaking out on Sunday afternoon? Yeah, you know, I, I think this could be close. And this is a game that's very important to the Falcons. And I'm not saying it's not so much so for the for the Eagles, but it's the first home game, very first game for Arthur Smith, Dean Pease, this new regime. They obviously want to kick this one, uh, one off in style. Uh, and on top of that, you know, Tampa Bay has already started off the division with a win. Uh, so falling behind uh, early on would be uh, incredibly problematic if you want to compete this year. Uh, I think Arthur Smith, Dean Pease are going to throw everything they can at the Eagles to win. I think they're going to edge it out, but I think it's going to be a narrow win. I'm, I'm going to go with 24 to 21, uh, but I, I do think the Eagles, uh, in my opinion, are going to be one of the teams that may surprise some people this year uh, in the NFC. I will expand on that just uh, just for, for a second uh, before I let you go, because uh, yeah. I know you're, you're in good company. Tony Romo feels the same way. Uh, so mm -hmm. I'm I'm not as optimistic about the Eagles, although as the season gets a little bit closer, I'm feeling a little more optimistic. Maybe it's maybe it's a uh, maybe it's hope, uh, which always springs eternal for for Eagles fans <laughs> every year. But um, yeah. So so as far as the Eagles go, you you see a team that maybe could surprise. Absolutely. I, 
I, I look at the obviously you guys have got a lot of young weapons. Um, I, I love Alabama receivers, <laughs> yeah. and I am I am certainly not impartial in that regard, having had Julio Jones and now Calvin Ridley right. out of Alabama. Um, but I think the investments uh, that the Eagles have made at the skill positions are going to pay, pay off. And uh, and I look at the trenches. You know, really. Mm the most successful football teams they win in the trenches. The Eagles have arguably one of the deepest defensive lines and the offensive line has all the pieces to be successful. And I think uh, as long as Jalen hurts can develop and move forward in year two, I think this is a team that's got uh, talent at the right positions and they've got talent in the key area, which is the trenches that could, you know, push them over the edge, especially when you look at other teams that are already beginning to suffer injuries and uh, especially the Cowboys and, and losing even, you know, Lyle Collins at right tackle for five games. Uh, those are the small opportunities that begin to open up uh, it, that give a team like the Eagles, who everyone's sort of looking past because of the, the record in 2020. I think it gives them an opportunity to surprise some people. Well, listen, folks, if you want to learn more about the Atlanta Falcons and, and what it is that they've got going on, make sure you check out David Walker and the Falcoholics podcast because you're going to get a ton of great information about what you, you can expect from uh, from Atlanta there as well. Uh, David, what's your Twitter handle? Do you have a, a Twitter folks can follow along with? Yeah, absolutely. If you're looking for a nihilist approach to football, um, <laughs> follow, <isn't>? me at, <laughs> follow me at Falcoholic DW. All right, make sure to check him out. Hey, David, thanks for coming on Eye on the Enemy and uh, giving us an inside look at the Falcons. I appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having me. Well, up next, my NFL predictions here for the 2021 season. I'll give you all the division winners, the wild card winners, the the Super Bowl winners, and some some extra Eagles predictions on how I see this, this season shaking out as well. We'll do all of that coming up next here on Eye on the Enemy. Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And we're back on Eye on the Enemy. So let's get into my predictions here for the 2021 NFL season. And, you know, listen, I'm I'm no genius here when it comes to the NFL. I'm just uh, I, I am just a, a guy who's been uh, watching the NFL closely since the late 1980s. And I've seen a lot of seasons, seen a lot of teams come and go. Uh, I, I am the two time 
uh, running champion here for Bleeding Green Nation's uh, picks, uh, picks champion here. So um, for two years in a row, picks champion for Bleeding Green Nation. So uh, make sure you're checking that out every week. See who we're picking uh, each and every week. I, I did start off this week 0-1 because I had the Cowboys uh, beating the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and uh, the Bucks obviously edged out the Cowboys in that one. So off to an 0-1 start, but uh, a lot more games left to go here on the week one slate as well as the rest of this uh, 17-game NFL season. So before I get to the picks, one one thing that's important to note, and that is that every year, at least in 16 of the last 18 seasons, at least one NFL team has gone from worst to first. So the candidates for this year are the la- the eight last place teams for, uh, from last season are the Eagles, the Detroit Lions, the Atlanta Falcons, and the San Francisco 49ers in the NFC. And over in the AFC, the New York Jets, Cincinnati Bengals, Jacksonville Jaguars, and Denver Broncos. The chances are one of those eight teams is going to finish in first place. That has happened in 16 out of the last 18 seasons. Will the Philadelphia Eagles be that team this season? No. <laughs> no, I, I don't think so. Here, here's how I have the NFC shaking down. I've got your Green Bay Packers finishing with the best record in the NFC as the one seed winning the NFC North. I just think, I think Aaron Rodgers is going to be on a mission here in his final season with Green Bay, what it seems like is his final season uh, in Green Bay. That's that's a team that's built to win right now, and I think they have the best roster in the NFC. I think the San Francisco 49ers are going to be that worst-to-first team. I have them finishing as the number two seed, winning a very contentious NFC West. I've got the Tampa Bay Buccaneers winning the NFC South as the number three seed. And of course, they're off to a good start after their win against the Dallas Cowboys. How does Tom Brady do it? How does Tom Brady continue to do it year after year? It just, it doesn't seem like it's ever going to stop. It's really incredible. And then I've got the Dallas Cowboys winning the NFC East as the four seed. Listen, folks, I don't like it any more than you do. But I think we saw from Dak Prescott last night that even though he doesn't quite have the arm strength that he had in recent seasons, and maybe that will build up as the season rolls along, but he can still do enough things, and he still has an immense amount of talent on that on that offense, especially in the passing game. Ezekiel Elliott is kind of kind of shaky here, guys. I'm not sure exactly how much he's going to give Dallas this season, but the the passing game, C.D. Lamb. Now they did, uh, and uh, Amari Cooper both had huge games. Uh, they are going to lose Michael Gallup for a few weeks. Uh, he he injured himself in the game on uh, on Thursday night, and he's going to miss uh, three to five weeks. So uh, the Cowboys will be without one of their one of their prime targets for a few weeks. But they 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 have enough pieces to kind of to kind of make do and to hobble along for a little while. So I have the Cowboys winning the NFC East. And once again, it will continue the tradition. Not since 2003 and 2004 has a team in the NFC East repeated as division champions. Washington obviously won it last year. The trend will continue this year as Dallas, I believe, will win the NFC East. And then as the three wildcard teams shake out, I have the Seattle Seahawks coming in as the number five seed, the top wildcard team. I have three teams from the NFC West making the playoffs because I've got the Rams in as the second wildcard team as the sixth seed. And I've got the Minnesota Vikings as the number seven seed. I, I had the Washington football team in there as the seven seed, but I just couldn't bring myself to put two NFC East teams in the playoffs. I just don't think the division is good enough to warrant two 
two playoff teams. And the Vikings, I think, have a little bit more talent overall than uh, the Washington football team. Although football team has some good... Now, the Curtis Samuel uh, injury is is going to hurt Washington's offense. And, you know, I just, as much as I'm not wild about Kirk Cousins, I, I do like him as a player more than I do Ryan Fitzpatrick. But, um, I you know, I, I think it's going to be close. And I think uh, the, the football team is the team on the outside looking in there um, as probably the eighth best team in the NFC with the Vikings getting that number seven spot. So I've got Packers, 49ers, Buccaneers, Cowboys, Seahawks, Rams, Vikings as your seven NFC playoff teams. Over in the AFC, I mentioned this in my Bold Predictions podcast last week, I've got the Cleveland Browns as the number one seed in the AFC. I think that that team is absolutely loaded. They are ready to strike. I think it's going to be a fun year for Cleveland fans, and they're going to get the first round by in the AFC playoffs. I think the Tennessee Titans are going to have an outstanding season. I love I love the addition of Julio Jones. I think that's a team that's going to have some defensive issues, but that's a team that's going to put points on the board with Ryan Tannehill and Derrick Henry and Julio Jones. That is a complete offense. So I have them as the number two seed. I have the Kansas City Chiefs as the number three seed. Tip now, I know I am I am really big on the Super Bowl loser missing the playoffs the next year. That is definitely a trend that we have seen come and go in the NFL. It's happened the last couple of seasons, but I don't think the Chiefs are going to fall victim to that this year. I don't think they're going to be as good as they have been in recent seasons. I don't, as you'll hear it from in a second, I don't expect them to make the Super Bowl again, but I have them winning the AFC West as the number three seed. And I've got the New England Patriots as the number four seed. I... I think that was the division I had the hardest time with. I went back and forth between them and the and the Miami Dolphins. It comes down to which of the two, and, and you know, the Buffalo Bills. I mean, people are going to think I'm crazy for not putting the Bills in there. I am. I, I see a regression from Josh Allen this year. I, I just do. I, I think that I think we're going to see a little bit of a regression from Josh Allen. Um, I, I think he's going to. I think he's still going to be good. Uh, I, I think he's gonna. I think he's gonna be fine. But I. I think he. I don't think he's gonna be as good as he was last year. And I don't know. There's always an upset. There's always a team that did really well the year before that doesn't do quite as well the next year. I just have this feeling about the Buffalo Bills that uh, that they may take a step backwards this year just a little bit. That they're not going to win the division. I do have the Bills making the playoffs as the five seed. I have them winning one of the wild cards. I have them as the top wild card team in the AFC. So I have the Patriots as the four seed and the Bills as the five seed uh, with the Steelers at number six and the Indianapolis Colts. Carson Wentz does lead the Indianapolis Colts to the postseason as the last team in uh, the AFC playoffs as the number seven seed. So as we look at the wild card matchups, I've got the 49ers over the over the Vikings in one of the three NFC wildcard games. So 49ers over Vikings uh, in the other in another wildcard game. It's going to be the Bucks against the Rams. And I have the Buccaneers beating the Rams in that game. And then in the third NFC wildcard game, I've got the Cowboys over the Seahawks. So 49ers, Bucks and Cowboys advancing in the NFC wildcard round in the AFC. I've got the Titans over the Colts. Carson Wentz does not win his first uh, playoff game, and you know we'll see if he even gets to finish that one. I've got the Steelers over the Chiefs in kind of a surprise. I have the Chiefs losing in the first round of the playoffs to the Steelers. So, yes, a, a little bit of, a, a, of an upset pick there. And then in the final AFC wildcard matchup, I have the Bills over the Patriots. So Titans, Steelers, Bills are your three AFC wildcard winners. So in the NFC divisional round, 
I've got the Cowboys playing the Packers in a classic, and I've got the Cowboys going on the road and upsetting Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers. So kind of a surprise there. I know the number one seed being taken down by the Dallas Cowboys. I think that's a franchise that's due to get back to the NFC title game. I said that last week, and I still believe it. And then in the other NFC divisional playoff game, I have the 49ers beating Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So the Cowboys and the 49ers will meet in the NFC championship. In the AFC divisional round, I have the Browns over the Steelers. In an upset, oh, no, not, not an upset, sorry, the Browns, I guess it feels like an upset because the Steelers have always had the Browns number, but I have the I have the one seed Browns uh, beating the Steelers in the AFC Divisional matchup, and then I have the Titans over the Bills in the other one. So, NFC Championship game, 49ers versus Cowboys, an old school classic, and I have the 49ers beating the Cowboys in the NFC Championship game. Over in the AFC Championship game, I think it'd be a really entertaining matchup between the Titans and the Browns, and I have the Titans over the Browns in the AFC Championship game. And so your Super Bowl will be the San Francisco 49ers taking on the Tennessee Titans, and I have Kyle Shanahan winning it all with the San Francisco 49ers beating the Tennessee Titans in a close game. I think that could be a very entertaining Super Bowl. A lot of fun as the 49ers win it all this season. So a couple of Eagles predictions here for you as we get ready to kick off the season. I do think this team is going to get off to a little bit of a slow start this year as Nick Sirianni and the Eagles get familiar working with each other. I do hear what David was saying just a minute ago about the strengths of this Eagles team being in the trenches and them having some talent at some, at some premium positions. I think that that's true. And I think that's going to keep them in some games early, but I think there's going to be some growing pains with the offense. I think the offense is going to struggle to score points early in the season. I think Jalen hurts and the receivers are going to struggle to kind of get on the same page. And I think it's going to take a little while for Nick Sirianni to find his footing as a play caller. Maybe he comes out and pulls a Chip Kelly on us and, and is, uh, is a, a, a whiz kid dynamo that I'm not expecting. But I, I think it's reasonable to expect this Eagles team to start off slow this year. But I think it's a team that's going to pick things up as the season goes along. I think it's a team that can win like five out of its last seven or, you know, six out of its last nine, something like that. So it might be a slow start to the season, but I think as the 2021 season gets moving, the Eagles will gain some momentum. I don't think it's going to be enough for them to make the playoffs. I think this Eagles team will be a better team than the one last year, but I don't think that they're going to make the playoffs. I am I think that the thing you're really looking to see this year is, will Jalen Hurts perform well enough to prove to the Eagles front office that he should be their franchise quarterback. Because I think all all of the mental skills, all of the intangibles that you look for from a franchise quarterback, Jalen Hurts has them. It's whether or not he can make it all translate on the field. And that's what we're we're finally going to start to get to see on Sunday. I just hope he stays healthy. I want to see what Jalen Hurts has. I want to see 15 to 17 starts from Jalen Hurts this year. So So this team can get a true sense of what they have in him. What would be the nightmare scenario is if this guy, is if this guy misses half the season with, with an injury or something like that. And the, the Eagles would be forced then to go out and, and try and get another franchise quarterback with all those draft picks. But I would rather see Jalen Hurts, and I think he's going to struggle early, but I think he's going to pick it up as the season rolls along. And I think you could see him go on a mid-season to late-season blitz and, and really prove himself so that the overall numbers may not look awesome, but... 
if you see improvement from him and you see you see the capability and playmaking in him that make you think that he can be your franchise quarterback, if you can get that question answered here this season, then the 2021 season is a success. And you just you cross your fingers that Devontae Smith is as good as advertised and that Jalen Rager finally starts to play like a first-round draft pick last year and that the two tight ends that they have will work out and that the lines, and that's where this—that's where the strength of this Eagles team is, on the offensive line where the starters are aging but still good, and I think they have good backups. I think they've got, I think that's one of the areas on this team where the Eagles actually have some depth is on the offensive line and then on the defensive line. I think there's a nice mixture of veterans, Ryan Kerrigan and um, and Brandon Graham providing some, some veteran leadership on the edges, but then you've got young guys like uh, Josh Sweat. I'm less enamored with Derek Barnett, but he can still do some things. And on the inside, you've got Milton Williams, who's going to mix it in with Javon Hargrave and, and Fletcher Cox. That's a good mix of that's a good mix of players. And you can you can do some damage with those guys. If the Eagles can dominate the trenches, then all they need is capable quarterback play, Rodney Pete like quarterback play from Jalen Hurts. And yes, they they could surprise. They absolutely could surprise. At the end of the day. I think the Eagles will go 7-10. and 10. And again, I think this is a team that, that struggles early and really picks it up as the season goes along and finishes on a little bit of a blitz so that we're, we're feeling good about things by the end of the 2021 season. And I, finish, I, I believe that they will finish in third place in the NFC East behind the Dallas Cowboys and Washington football team with the New York Giants in fourth place behind them. I don't think that's a bad season, guys. I think that's a. I think that those are reasonable expectations. I think there's a. That's a slightly, a slightly optimistic take on this season. I don't think they're going to be as bad as they were last year. I don't think. I think it could be tough to watch here in the early going. But I think as the season moves along, we're going to start to feel pretty good about the direction this football team is headed. And for me. Guys, for me, that's all I really want right now is I want to feel good about the direction of this football team. I want to feel like they have a good head coach in place. I want to feel like the defensive coordinator is doing some interesting things. I want to see some young players emerge. Some of these draft picks that they've made the last couple seasons, you'd like to see this new coaching staff develop these players like the previous coaching staff could not do. And that's what the 2021 season is all about. This is not a Super Bowl season. This is maybe not even a a, a playoff season. This is about progress. This is about moving the ball, the 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 figurative moving the moving the ball down the field figuratively for this team, so that they can so they can springboard into 2022 when Carson Wentz's uh, contract uh, comes off the books and this team is free to do some more things in free agency and add some more pieces to what will hopefully be three first round draft picks and a franchise quarterback in Jalen Hurts that that's the dream scenario if you're the Philadelphia Eagles and so uh, we'll start to get some answers here on Sunday afternoon as the Eagles kick things off against the Atlanta Falcons at one o'clock on Sunday so folks that will do it for this edition of Eye on the Enemy my thanks once again to David Walker for joining me on the podcast and folks as we get ready for this game make sure you check out everything we're doing at bleedinggreennation.com check out the Bleeding Green Nation YouTube page we're going to have some live reaction uh, following the game we're going to have special post game podcasts and uh, we'll keep you updated throughout the week on everything going on with your birds thanks everybody for tuning in we'll talk to you next time here on Eye on the Enemy G-N. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot. 
because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today. Support for this show comes from Fundrise. Buy low, sell high. It's easy to say, hard to do. For example, high interest rates are crushing the real estate market right now. Demand is dropping and prices are falling, even for many of the best assets. It's no wonder the Fundrise flagship fund plans to go on a buying spree, expanding its billion-dollar real estate portfolio over the next few months. You can add the Fundrise flagship fund to your portfolio in just minutes and with as little as $10 by visiting Fundrise.com Fox. Carefully consider the investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses of the Fundrise flagship fund before investing. This and other information can be found in the fund's prospectus at Fundrise.com flagship. This is a paid advertisement.